Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Fleekazoid Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. For today's topic, I want to address the question that I get asked all the time about my confidence. So many questions about my confidence. Fleeksy, where do you get your confidence from? How do I become confident? Um, I think there's also something to be said about self-esteem here, but you guys don't necessarily use that word in reference to me. But there is an overlap. The interesting thing about people who are confident, and myself, is that I don't walk around thinking about my confidence. I don't even walk around thinking about my self-esteem. I don't wake up every day and go, oh, it's going to be a confident day. I literally just exist. And it's only been brought to my attention by outsiders that I am somebody who is confident. Obviously, I don't speak for everyone, but I think everybody who does come across as confident also doesn't walk around thinking these things about confidence. They don't wake up every day and tell themselves to be this way. The way that I am today is not a result of nobody ever making fun of me and me being popular and being accepted by the entire world because best believe I was absolutely not as a kid, not in elementary school, middle school, or high school, and definitely not by the internet. But that's the thing. Just because I have these memories of people being horrible to me, making fun of me, pointing out my flaws, or telling me how awful, stupid, and insignificant I am, doesn't mean that I live in that headspace and I don't attribute any value to that type of commentary. And while sometimes feedback is accurate, for example, at one point everybody was commentating on the way that my eyebrows looked, they needed some work. (laughs) But for the most part, I don't consider everything that everyone says valuable to me. And it's interesting because I do have very specific memories of very horrible things being said and done towards me by people who did not like me or just did not appreciate me. But I don't walk around letting them make me feel bad. If anything, when something amazing happens to me, that's when that memory comes to mind. And it's like, yeah, f*** you, haha, nanny nanny boo boo, I did it anyways. And it's not that negative commentary is this thing that I just naturally deflect. Personally, for me, if I do not love you, If I do not have you in my life every single day and you are not somebody that I have established as a person whose opinion is worthwhile, credible, and something that will elevate my life, I see that feedback and criticism on the most bottom tier level of significance. So I don't hold it close to my heart. But if I have learned to love you, if I have allowed myself to experience validation from you, and I have allowed you into my close circle and even shared my secrets with you, yeah, that feedback would find a way into my headspace to hurt me. It's like, oh, this is somebody who actually has a glimpse of me. This is somebody who actually has an understanding of my character. Yeah, that's going to carry more weight with me. So if you are somebody who is overvaluing everybody's words, criticisms, feedback of you, and you are internalizing it and you are allowing it to define you, I think there's something to be said about how you are defining yourself and defining the values of others. Why do you allow other people to define what you are? 
Maybe you're not quite sure of who you are. Maybe you think that to know who you are as an individual means to love everything about that person, which is actually not the case. See, that's the thing. You can know who you are and you can think, wow, that part of me needs a lot of work or that part of me is something that pushes people away. You do not have to love every single aspect about yourself in order to know who you are and truly deeply love who you are. All you have to do is recognize it. Speak to yourself like, hey, I see you. I see that there's this part of you that lashes out. Or I see that there's this part of you that takes twice as long to learn something compared to others. Maybe there's even this part of you that realizes that you're not good at communication. All you have to do is recognize these things about yourself. You don't have to be better than everybody else or see yourself as greater than everybody else to have confidence. And one of my favorite quotes is that just because you have things that you identify as insecurities doesn't mean that you have to allow them to make you insecure. So to me, this means I will not vocalize the things that are insecure within me. I won't make that a point of conversation. I won't even look for other people to validate them. I had things about myself physically that I really didn't like growing up. And as an adult, I ended up altering them and changing those things about myself. But as I was a teenager and entering my early adulthood, I never made these things topics of conversation. I never even highlighted them to others. People who were my worst enemies didn't even bring them up as insults. A lot of people don't even recognize your flaws as flaws. Most of the time, people are grasping at straws to figure out how to hurt you. And that's all it is. They're just trying to find a soft spot within you. I remember being in the fifth grade and there was this kid in my neighborhood and I went to go make fun of something on his face. I think it was like that he had peach fuzz above his eyebrows. I was just being a kid. And when I made fun of him, he was like, yeah, so what? I have hair there. Okay. And? And that was the beginning and the end of it. <laughs> I was actually so impressed that he responded like that, that I decided I'm going to adopt that attitude. Another thing too with confidence is that growing up, it wasn't like my mom and dad were always blowing smoke at my ass, telling me how amazing, talented, smart, beautiful I was. My parents were pretty neutral. I actually remember my dad always telling me how weird I always looked. And mind you, I don't have a relationship with my dad. Um, but I also remember when I was growing up and spending time at my friends' houses, I can recall this memory of me being smaller than one of my best friends at the time because I'm generally very petite in person. If anybody knows this about me, I'm like 5'1". I basically stopped growing at the age of 14. I'm really small, like in proportions. My friend's mom and me and my friend were all like weighing ourselves on a scale. And I remember I weighed less than my friend and my friend's mom was immediately creating excuses about the floors in the house, how they were tilted. Oh, one day when you get older, you're going to end up gaining a lot of weight. Like, you better watch out with your body. And I just thought that's so weird. Like, my my mom would never have done that for me, right? It's just like, oh, oh, well, everybody weighs what they weigh. Nah, okay. <laughs> and that would have been the end of it. 
My mom actually never went out of her way to protect my self-esteem. In fact, I remember when I had bullies and I wanted to switch schools, she told me that there are going to be people that hate me everywhere and I just need to get used to it. So I was actually not coddled in that direction. My mom actually gave me the free range to be as weird as I wanted to be. It didn't matter if I wanted to shop at Hot Topic, have green hair, if I wanted to be a kid on the internet making cringy ass YouTube videos. I was given a lot of range to be a freak. And her mentality was like, if you do something stupid, that's your life lesson to learn. If you mess up, you mess up. Another thing too, I grew up completely under the wing of my Dominican mom who had came from the island after her parents had both died. One from lung cancer, the other from breast cancer. Then she joined the military where she met my dad. And before I had even like turned two years old, I believe that they were divorced. So I have never lived under my dad's raising. I've never lived with my dad, point blank, period. As a result, I grew up in a neighborhood that was not the best. It did not have crime. It was suburbia. It wasn't like the projects or anything. But I, I knew at an early age that I wasn't rich. I knew that I lived in poverty and I knew that a lot of it was a result of me coming from a single parent household. Now, I don't have any specific type of memory about what happened, but I just remember there being a turning point from the age of 10 for me where I realized I have to be my own best friend and the people in this neighborhood could take me down a bad path. I don't like how I'm starting to talk. I don't like the ways that I have to act in order to have friends. I think I'm just better off being my own best friend. And that was a moment when I realized that, hey, I just learned something about myself, right? Like, I know who I am. I know I'm not the type of person who can be friends with people that are in this neighborhood. The takeaway from that short little story about my upbringing is that I had to learn who I was at a really early age. And I learned it the hard way by seeing how other people were influencing me. And I decided that I don't want my environment to influence me. I want to be the only influence over me. And I had to decide whether or not that was a good influence. And for the most part, it wasn't. <laughs> but it was 2005. So it just came down to I'm going to decide who I am and I'm going to stick with her and if I get rejected, I get rejected. If people think I'm annoying, then so be it. I was very much considered annoying, by the way. But it was like, okay, I'm just not going to hang out with people who treat me badly or people who have a lot of bad things to say about me or people who make me feel like I'm not appreciated or valued. If I only had one best friend, which was very often the case, then I only had one best friend. I was not a cool kid growing up. It's one thing to be shamed, made fun of, or be treated like the outcast of the group. And it's another when you have people in your life who try to teach you to do better, be better, who try to educate you. So my main thing growing up was let me surround myself with people who come with that approach. Like, hey, what you're saying and what you're doing has this effect on people and this is what you should do instead. Not, oh my god, you're so stupid, how could you, why are you like this, I can't be around you, ugh. I just was very receptive to that type of feedback, and it's really interesting because as a child, you don't have words for it, you just know that it's not something you want to be around. That's another thing, too, at a very early age that shows that I learned how to double down without even knowing what doubling down was. But it wasn't like I was this badass, I just wasn't gonna let other people tell me who I was, 
or allow that to make me feel like, hey, this is what's defining of me or this is the direction that I'm going to go in because they said this about me. I just didn't let people shame me in a way that allowed me to make myself smaller or to not vocalize how I was always feeling or thinking or what was on my mind. In my head, it was just like, I have things that I want to share. I like who I am and I want to put that out there, even if I'm not even entirely who I want to be. Because, you know, I was poor, so I didn't have all the clothes that I wanted. I didn't have the hair that I wanted. My teeth were messed up. But it didn't stop me from seeing some type of value within myself that I thought was okay to have in the presence of others or okay to put on a platform, which at the time, like, it was my space. And I just remember being a kid and telling myself, even if I don't look the way I want, even if I'm not the standard of beauty, which at the time it was blonde hair, blue eyes, pale skin, very Paris Hilton or the Hills, and no disrespect to either of these um, women or those things. It just was what it was at the time. But I told myself, even if I'm not all these things, people are still going to have to look at me. They're still going to have to hear me. And whether or not they like it or love it or hate it, I'm going to exist. And obviously, this is all to the effect of it was more of an inner energy that I had within my understanding of who I was as an adolescent. Another part of my upbringing that kind of turned me into this person that I am today is that I grew up right by Disney World and I grew up very influenced by Disney movies on top of Universal Studios being in my backyard, basically, and having that influence of anything can happen everything is magic if you believe it you can dream it you can do it I like to call it Disney delusion and while I'm not someone who is a Disney freak or somebody who can quote a Disney line like off the top of my head or who knows all the Disney songs even though I do enjoy some of them I still kind of live with that inner Disney delusional programming within me Me and my sister joke about it now as adults that having Disney delusion or even just a little bit of delusion within you can take you really, really far. So it's not like the stars were aligned where that I had these like really affirmative parents and I was well accepted in every school that I went to or that I grew up with the best clothes and I had this like kick-ass childhood. It's actually this strange combination of me using rejection as fuel Me being a little bit delusional and knowing that eventually something good is going to happen to me if I just keep trying and putting in the effort and if I just have some type of vision for what I want to be and who I'm going to be. And my vision was stronger than what other people were telling me who I was in this day or who I was in the present moment. So ask yourself, do you have a vision for who you are or who you're going to be? And is the vision of yourself clear Do you have clarity on the general direction at least? Does the future you look like someone who cares about fitness? Does the future you have to go to university one day or a trade school? Maybe there are obstacles along the way. What about you do you understand that will be hindered by those obstacles? You don't have to love everything about who you are right now. And you don't have to love everything about the journey. In fact, the journey is very messy. Sometimes it involves tears, setbacks. Just because we know what we want to be or where we're going doesn't mean that it's always going to be a rainbow trail of happiness along the way. And when it comes to future you, you don't have to have this super definitive version of you that is crystal clear in your mind. 
Obviously, it helps. But sometimes all you need is a list. A list of things that you want to do, what you want to be, what you want to bring to this world, what is important within yourself. Knowing who you are and knowing what you want is a part of confidence because then you know what you can and can't do. Yes, you can be confident that you are bad at something. Just because the word confidence implies this ability to look collected and like you are feeling so good doesn't mean that everything is inherently good. No, sometimes we know we're bad. So maybe there is this misconception for people who are wondering why others are so confident or how they achieve that. Maybe you assume that they think everything about themselves is awesome. No, sometimes we know that there are things about us that aren't that great, but we know that we're working towards being a better version of ourselves and we're happy that we're at least trying. I find that another common misconception with confidence and self-esteem is this idea that you're not allowed to want to change yourself or be better mentally, physically, just any direction if you were somebody who truly loved themselves. It's actually the inverse. I love myself so much that I know that I can change for the better. And when it comes to physical appearances, there are people who say, oh, well, if you want injections or you want Botox or if you want a nose job, then you don't truly love yourself. You're not somebody who has self-love. I disagree. It's the fact that I want to spend thousands of dollars on my face and my body or any part of me physically that shows that I believe that I am something that is worth investing in. I remember back in 2017 when I was about to go get my first set of fillers, I had announced it to my coworkers that this was something I was interested in. And I was like, what do you guys think? Like, what are your opinions? And they were like, why? Don't do it. What's the point? And at the time, I made a mention of not liking the way that I looked in my selfies. To which one of my coworkers said, well, then stop taking selfies. Stop looking in the mirror. And I just thought, How could that possibly be a solution? Are we all just supposed to never look in the mirror? Are we supposed to just never look back at ourselves and just tell ourselves, hey, we need to avoid the mirror because we're not going to like what we're going to see? How is that beneficial to our mental health? And just because you're not happy with the way that you look doesn't mean that you want this whole brand new face. I mean, maybe you do want to be brand new, right? But in a way that's very specific to you. With my friend at the time, I remember we would talk about how we didn't think that we were ugly. We just wanted the world to see us the way that we see ourselves. Don't force yourself to sit with this version of yourself that you're not happy with and tell yourself that that is self-love, that is true confidence. Who gives a crap what true confidence is to everybody else? What makes you feel better when you wake up in the morning? What makes you feel like you're investing in yourself? And what makes you feel like you're taking care of your body? That's another thing too, right? Working out. People think, oh, if you're working out, it must be because you hate your body. Or maybe you learned how many calories that you need in a day for your body size, your muscle mass, and your overall proportions. And people think, wow, this is a woman who's really limiting herself. This is somebody who doesn't want to actually experience the true happiness of food and life's pleasures. I think it's kind of cliche to people who don't work out to hear the phrase, oh, I look better and I feel better when I work out and I eat right. And it doesn't really mean anything to them. It's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, okay, sure you do. Same thing with vitamins, right? Like, okay, yeah, sure. What does taking one little pill a day do for you when it's something that may or may not be proven? One of the hardest things that I learned in 2021 
After a whole year of being sedentary and not exercising and not taking vitamins in 2020 was that working out, taking your vitamins, and being sober is actually the true key to a glow up. I know, right? Wow. I'm so boring. I'm so lame for that. But it's not necessarily about the way that you look from a result of all these things, which yes, is a huge benefit, but it's the neurochemical balance in your brain. It can even affect the way that you experience anxiety. It can affect your motivation, your focus. It's actually really important to be physically active and to make sure that you're feeding your body these little things that it needs in order to be well-rounded and fully functioning to its full capacity to reach its full potential. The most wild thing that should have been so obvious to me was that I was working out for years, weightlifting, cardio, and while I was in shape, I wasn't gaining any particular type of muscle. But when I looked at what my habits were like, I was eating Chick-fil-A every day or Chipotle. Like I would go in between Chipotle, Chick-fil-A, Panera. Um, I think that was about my three things. So I was spending all my money on fast food and I wasn't taking any vitamins. Then 2020 happened. I stopped working out. I continued that diet. I gained 25 pounds and I was probably the most out of shape I've ever been. Then 2021 happened. I started working out again. And this time I said, you know what? Let me actually start eating from Whole Foods. Let me start cooking at home. Let me look up a list of vitamins that are necessary to build muscle. And let me actually go into the vitamin aisle and buy all of those vitamins. And wow, can you believe it? I actually gained muscle. I actually gained more muscle in the matter of months than I ever had in the whole entire years that I was working out in my early 20s, which is like, that's when it should be the easiest to build muscle, right? But besides me and the things that I went through when it came to learning how to physically feed my body and thus turn feed my mind was that I look around at the people who I would call my friends or my influences, and if these were people who didn't care about their body and people who didn't care about their mental health, or who didn't see the importance of vitamins, I would look at them and I would think, there's a lack of self-love there. They don't care about their health. A part of self-love is caring about your health. Even pre-2020, when I was dating this loser who told me that he was sick in the morning, but he still had a beer to start his day off, I remember being so disgusted and thinking, how could you do that to your body? If you feel bad, why would you purposely take something that is known to lower your immunity and to make it even harder for you to fight off sickness? I think it's just about conscientiousness. So with that, it's about your self-esteem. Your self-esteem saying, I would never treat my body badly. I would never do anything that doesn't feed my mind, heart, soul, spirit, whatever you conceptualize as you. So please erase the idea from your mind that true self-love is appreciating who you are without any work, interference, or assistance from the outside world, whether it is books, exercising, plastic surgery, getting your hair dyed, vocal coaching, changing your voice, expanding your vocabulary, and changing your cadence. Anything that can change who you are on the outside or inside is not you hating yourself. It's actually you having a moment of self-realization and saying, 
This is who I really am. This is the person that I identify as. And this is the person that I want to bring to the world and I want to show up as every single day. And even if you wanted to change that person again and again and again, that's okay. How weird would it be if we just stopped developing at the age of 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 and just said, this is me and this is who I'm going to be for the rest of my life and if I even think about changing this version of me, then that must mean that I'm somebody who really hates themselves and that straying from that version of themselves must mean that I'm open to a lot of judgment and a lot of scrutiny because clearly I wouldn't be if I felt like the OG me was perfectly fine as it is. Like, really, who do you know who stayed as the version of their earlier adolescent selves? No, you guys should ascend past that. And I think this is going to bring us to the next talking point of putting yourselves out there on social media. I just want to start off by saying that you are not doing the world any favors by hiding from it. And there's this idea of like, oh, well, if I put myself out there and I'm lame and I'm cringy, then everybody from my biology class in high school is going to see it and make fun of me. Or maybe you have old coworkers who you're worried about seeing it, that maybe they still have you on Facebook or Instagram and they still keep up with you to a certain capacity. Or even worse, you probably have this group of friends that you had a falling out with. And maybe you are worried about what those group of friends are going to think and say and share your shit and they're just going to laugh at you even trying to put yourself out there. Just because a small group of people who viciously judge each other are within your vicinity and are capable of judging you does not mean that what you have to say or your talents or even the things that you want to share with the world lose significance. There is probably nobody else who thinks like you, talks like you, acts like you who is willing to put themselves out there besides you. On top of all of the greatness that you have to share with the world that you're not allowing yourself to because you're worried about what people who are literally holding each other back think, social media is a huge opportunity for becoming a source of income at home, which is probably the direction that most sources of income are going to continuously go in. Platforms and online spaces change by the day. The TikTok that I joined in 2019 is not the TikTok that we are in during 2021. And same thing with YouTube and Twitch and all these other online spaces. In fact, the more that these spaces become commercialized and monetized, the harder it's going to be to grow in them. So if you start today, you're starting with an advantage. The faster you can stop giving a crap about what the losers in your hometown think, the more better off you will be down the road. And look, I cannot promise you that everybody in your hometown or your haters are suddenly going to become lovers. But what I can say for myself is that absolutely not one person from the moment that I started in 2018 to as of now in 2021 has approached me like, wow, fleeksy, or, you know, by my real name. What you are doing is so cringy, weird, stupid, and I can't believe that you even dared to try. Not one person that I have known IRL has approached me that way. Besides my half-brother, and I blocked him. That's what's going to happen. They're going to try your life, and all you're going to have to do is hit the block button. The worst thing that can come from you putting yourself out there and being you is finding more people who think like you, who act like you, or who want to hear what you have to say. In fact, I had 
zero friends when I started this online social media thing. And now I have so many people in my sphere who have a similar like mind to me. And it wouldn't have happened if I didn't put myself out there. In fact, a lot of you guys ask me, how do you make friends? How do you make friends? My most rewarding connections are with the people that I have met online or people who have known of me online who have introduced themselves to me either in person or in an online space. And I don't want to sit here and lie to you guys and say that as soon as you put yourself online that you're going to instantly have all these lovers. No, actually the algorithm works in mysterious ways because first it's going to bring you a flock of haters. It's going to bring you people who want to exploit you, who want to make fun of you, who are going to talk down to you. But then, guess what? You're going to find your audience. You're going to find mutuals. You're going to find people who think you're hilarious or inspirational or educational or people who want to learn from you. You're going to find people who are going to want to pay you to keep making your content. You're going to find brands that will say, hey, can you make some content for us? And you're going to give them a whole bunch of commercial ideas and they're going to say, no, we want you to be you. We want that craziness that you give on your platform and we want you to bring that to our product. And it's going to be mind-blowing because suddenly all the things that you have been shamed for are told were embarrassing or maybe you were told were too much about you are all the things that you are now being celebrated for. And actually, one of the things that I have experienced as a result are all the people who once hated me or called me a gold digger or told me that I was annoying are now people who feel like they can celebrate me or who want to be in my space because now they see other people celebrating me. So use that intro stage of hate and that wave of negativity that comes in the beginning to know who's who and what you should really be leaning towards as a community online. Don't join the people who mass hate everything just because everybody else is hating on it. Those are not people that you want to have as friends. Stick with the weirdos who wave their freak flags in the sky, who stay with their individuality, and who do not let other people tell them what to be and how to water themselves down. Because yes, while you could probably make friends at a faster rate if you were just a little bit more digestible, and while you could probably gain support almost instantaneously if you were sitting there and being commercial right out the gate, you could pave a whole new genre or path just by simply being you. It has never been easy for anybody in history to be something that nobody else has ever dared to be. Being a trailblazer and taking the unpaved path is not something that is for the weak-hearted. But if you are doing social media because it is fun, because you have something to share, because you have ideas that you think are important, do not let anybody stop you from expressing that. The worst thing you can do on this earth is not try. You will regret never trying before you ever regret the fact that you did. And this doesn't mean that you're probably never going to want to quit or that you're not going to have setbacks because you probably will. That's natural. That happens all the time. I think I've had about four moments in my life when I thought maybe the social media thing isn't happening for me. Maybe I just need to hang up my hat and give it up. And every time that I didn't, thank God. Thank God, because that was when I was on the precipice of a new beginning and taking a new turning point in my content and deciding to adapt, to do something different, to do something that would resonate with myself and my audience. 
What it really meant was that I was bored with the way that I was presenting. I was bored with the messages that I was sharing. I knew that I was holding myself back and that I was too scared to actually share the things that I wanted to share because I had faced so much negativity that I thought, my God, what if they actually saw this part of me? Like, I thought they hated me then. They would hate me now if they saw this side of me that I've been holding back. So with that being said, I want to end this podcast with to love yourself is to not hide yourself. To love yourself is to be okay with changing yourself. To be confident is to know that there are things that you are good and bad at. To have self-esteem is to not be perfect, but to know that you do what it takes every single day to show up as a version of you that is moving forward and ahead in a direction that carries more purpose and more meaning to you than the day before. You do not have to be liked by everybody to like yourself. You do not have to be accepted by the world in order to share yourself with it. And you sure as hell don't have to be celebrated by the world in order to celebrate yourself. And if you're planning on making content, are you planning on making it in mind for the small group of haters in your hometown? Or are you planning on sharing it with a far wider, edgier, and more badass audience than the three people who judge ruthlessly to the point that they keep themselves small and they keep the people around them small? Ask yourself these questions and really sit with yourself and ask yourself, what does it mean to be you? Ruthlessly, unapologetically, authentically you. Because you are not going anywhere unless something horrible happens. And until that day, this life is yours to live. Your destiny is for you to decide and nobody else. And whatever you want to do, you are not in a race with anyone besides you. You can move at your own pace You can achieve things at your own rate. You don't have to grow overnight in order to be considered good or to be considered somebody who's actually contributing value to this world. So being confident doesn't mean that you have a group of people who love you and people who have never said anything bad to you. It means that despite the fact that all of those things happened, at the end of the day, you know who you are more than anybody and anything else and you don't even have to fight people on it. You can sit with yourself and go, they're allowed to think that. They're allowed to have those ideas. The only ideas that I value are mine over everybody else's because I am the one who wakes up in my own reality every day and it is up to me to decide what that reality looks like and feels like. And tell yourself, I feel like what they think about me is wrong. I feel like what they think about me is stupid. I feel like they're coming from a place that is hurtful and deliberately malicious. Because at the end of the day, people who love themselves do not go around spreading hate and misinformation and trying to tear others down. People who have their own life purpose and goal do not focus on what others are doing. They do not even find time to leave hate in comment sections. People who are busy and focused on themselves do not pay mind to anything outside of their immediate loved ones and their own goals. Truly, honestly, this is not me making it up. This is how it actually is. And if you don't know that by now, I hope you know it by the end of this podcast. So if you are somebody who has been trained to be small and quiet and to not vocalize your thoughts and you have been trained to hide from the world, I'm really sorry that that has been done to you. You have to deprogram yourself. You have to outright tell yourself that anybody who ever made you feel that way or think that way or who trained you to be that way is stupid and wrong and false. 
I don't care if it was your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, whoever did that, you need to start cutting them off or you need to start weaning them off of your life and you need to start making them irrelevant characters. And what you need to do is involve people into your world and your headspace who are the opposite of that. You need people who embolden you. You need people who remind you that you have good ideas or that you are worth investing in and that you are somebody who doesn't need to be quiet but who should be loud. The people who love you want you to be proud about who you are. They don't want you to think you're stupid. They don't want you to think that there's something wrong with you. People who want you to do better will actually teach you to do better. The people around you should be constructive and helpful and mindful and they should deliver help in a way that does not make you feel shitty. But a part of that is also being receptive to constructive criticism and knowing the difference between hate and somebody who actually wants you to go in a direction that will advance you further in life. So let's normalize cutting people off who make us feel small or who make us feel like we're not doing something good because we're not living under their terms and parameters of what normal or what successful looks like. And just know that whoever told you that in order to be confident that it means that you have to be some type of person who is better than every single other individual or the top of your class when it comes to grades or the skinniest or the prettiest that you just in general have to be better than every single person nearby you and around you and the biggest fish in the pond. That's not true. That's false. To be confident means to know that there are good things about you. There are bad things about you. There are things about you that you find that are awesome. And there are things about yourself that you think could change or that could improve for the better. But let those things be stuff that you have identified within you and not things that people who hate you have pointed out. Let it be things that the people who love you have constructively wanted to build up within you. So thank you guys so much for listening to today's podcast. I know that this was a highly requested topic and it's something that I haven't really touched on because it's a lot for me to break down and it emotionally works me up. But I hope that you left with something important today. This will be going up on my YouTube channel, the official Fleekazoid podcast YouTube channel specifically. So leave some comments and feedback down below if there's anything else that you would like to know or have me expand on. Otherwise, you guys, I am Fleeksy on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I am Fleeksy Cake on my beauty channel. I am also Fleeksy on YouTube where I go into different types of lectures, but in a video format. So thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope you all have a great day and make sure to stay connected with me on my other platforms. Bye, guys.